0: it's just another average day a delivery vehicle pulls up to your residence or to your office the driver gets out brings a package up to your door or into your business and drops it off he scurries back to his truck but gets back inside and drives away you think you've got something good from amazon it's gonna be a good day but what's in that little box that was just dropped off Maybe a payload you weren't expecting. welcome to episode number 48 of the random thoughts podcast that's r-a-n-d-u-m-b thoughts.com i am your host darren o'neill on today's show we're going to be talking about war shipping if you're a geek if you're into hacking if you're into those kind of things you've heard of war driving that's when you take a little computer well hell they don't even have to be that small you take a computer out you drive around You see what kind of wireless networks are in the area, and you find a target that you may want to find out a little bit more about, maybe try to break into the Wi-Fi, see what's going on. Well, in this age of computer espionage, I mean, everything's on the internet now. It seems everything's on a network, all of your data, all of my data, all of the data in the world. People want access to these things and technology is making it easier and cheaper for people who want to access some of this data to get access to said data. Instead of war driving, where you actually have to be there and drive the computer around to find your target, if you know your target, or hell, if you just want to ship something to a random city You can now do that relatively cheaply by enlisting the help of your favorite carrier, whether it's UPS, the post office, FedEx, whoever is going to carry that package from point A to point B. The thing that makes war shipping cost effective at this point are the bevy of small little computer boards that are available, including the Raspberry Pi Zero. And the size of these items, the low power nature of these items have made it to where items can be hidden even within the walls of a cardboard box, which is what makes this a particularly nefarious thing, even for businesses that are on the lookout for hackers coming in the normal ways. They may let something like this slip through because it comes in just your average looking box, whether it's from Amazon, Walmart, whatever your favorite retailer is. Most mail rooms aren't looking at things like this yet as being something that should be suspect, and they should. That's probably one of the rules that should go into your company's security profile at this point if you're in charge of such things is to treat packages as you would a real live human being. And you want to look at the contents of said boxes to find out what's inside before it can do the damage. But with these small computers, a Raspberry Pi Zero costs like five bucks. You have cellular modems now, which are quite low priced. You have batteries, again, fairly low priced. It's not For the week of heart here. It's not for the totally broke podcasters like me, but if you're willing to spend about a hundred bucks for the hardware and you're willing to lose that, that's about the entry level here to get a box set up with what you need to do a little bit of war shipping. As the box goes upon its way the system can be accessed. It can be looking for Wi-Fi all along its journey. It's checking for a cell signal. So this is a basically a fully functioning but very low power cell phone that is also going to be checking for wireless networks in the area. The hope would be that when it gets to your target's home or your target's business, that it's then going to be able to Give you some information about their Wi Fi network. It will also listen for the Wi Fi handshake, which is what happens when your devices that you want on your Wi Fi network connect to your Wi Fi network. And it could take that information. These computers aren't big, obviously, the Pi Zero, very low power, $5 computer. But what this can do is take the hash of your Wi Fi handshake and send that off using the cellular modem to somebody with a big bad computer on the other end that can then run that hash break your wi-fi password and this little device will then have access to your wi-fi network as long as its battery holds out but that can be long enough for it to get into your wi-fi network find a computer on that network find any device really we're talking internet of things again where your refrigerator might be your weak point, this device gets on your Wi-Fi network, then gets its foot in the door, and then compromises one of your computers, one of your Internet of Things devices, and gives the hacker on the other end access to your data, to your information, to everything that's going on on your computer network. The Ars Technica website has a great article about this type of thing, including photos of some of these that were put together that went in as a cardboard spacer that was just thrown into a box. It's quite possible that this could be hidden in a box that somebody would get at a company or at your home that you could take out whatever is inside of it, whatever that may be, and not even know. That this device was hidden in the packaging itself. That's how small this stuff is. They also mentioned that you can do things like work this into, say, a stuffed animal. You could work this into something like a plaque. And if you do it like with something like a plaque, I don't know how you do this with a stuffed animal, but with a plaque, if you could somehow work a solar panel into the design of the way the plaque looks you can have a device that can actually recharge itself and keep itself online as long as it has power so some of this stuff is absolutely wild and the people that have been testing these devices these white hat hackers have been able to get these devices places where even cell phones aren't allowed so think government installations think companies that have the utmost of security That would check a person for a cell phone really have no qualms about going, hey, the CEO just got an Amazon package. (laughs) Of course, we're not going to open that up. We're going to take this right into the secure location and probably put it right on the guy's desk where the device will start doing its thing. Now, it's possible that maybe it won't be able to get into your system. Maybe that the hundred dollars is going to go for naught but the interesting thing is even if it gets into a place like they talked about where cell phones aren't allowed cell phones are blocked they were then able to get some data because this device will also store the information that it can pull off whatever it can find and put it on an sd card and they were able to get that information because it got into one of these installations It was able to scan the interior Wi-Fi and get whatever information it could. And then it was disposed of. So once it was disposed of and thrown into the trash, because the people at the installation had no idea that there was a computer and a modem inside the box, that once it was thrown away, it was once again able to get a cell signal and phone back home to give that information back. Now, is this going to happen to you or me? Probably not. But the technology getting to this point is really interesting when you start dealing with big corporations, governments, or even people that may be stalking somebody. Celebrities ought to be very careful when it comes down to this kind of stuff now, because these devices, very easy to do, can be shipped from anywhere in the world. And these little devices can be shipped to you, and they talked about all sorts of things in the article, I've read a couple of them about this type of technology, including the fact that other things could be built into this, like RFID readers and things like that. And they make the point, if you put an RFID reader in the walls of a cardboard box, you can put a little RFID reader in every, you know, if the box has four sides and and then uh, the top and the bottom, we'll put one in each one of those. Because how do people say you have badges at your company that have little RFID things that have to be read, you know, high security and all that? Well, how do people normally carry large packages? They usually carry them right up against their chest, which is quite often where these ID cards are. And if you know anything about the target company, you can really customize these devices to do some really cool and really nefarious things, depending on your thought on companies being exploited in such ways. Me, I love this kind of technology. It's very James Bond, it's very uh, hacker cutting edge kind of things where you now have these little teeny computers that you don't think have a whole lot of power to them and would never be able to do something as big and bad as break into, say, a government installation. But the reality is, like most hacking, you're going for the point of least resistance. And a lot of people start going down on how much security they do once somebody has to have physical access to their system. I mean, I know that's how it is on my home Wi-Fi system. I don't change the password on there at all. Once it's set up, you go, well, I'm pretty safe because somebody would have to be like in the house to be able to get onto the Wi-Fi system and who's, you know, you'd see them if they're going to be sitting out front. If there's a van that's been out front for a week, you're probably going to notice. but If somebody sends you an Amazon box and you open it up and whatever is inside of it, I mean, it could look like it was just a gift for you because you're not going to know if it came directly from Amazon. I don't think anybody's ever in the history of packages unless, again, government installation, three-letter agency, thing like that. I don't know any normal person that gets a box from Amazon that looks like it's a gift from somebody that ever went, huh, let me really do the research and see if this box Came from Amazon, or whether somebody just got this Amazon box, repackaged it up with the extra payload, and sent it off to me. So, hey, again, if you want to be paranoid, start checking every box you get, ripping it open, making sure there's not a payload hidden inside that might be looking to attack your Wi Fi network. Because, like I said, I don't change my Wi Fi password. I always figured this was pretty safe. But now you start thinking if somebody's trying to get you, One of these little devices would probably be pretty darn effective in at least getting their foot in the door of your network. The group that's been testing this out is out of IBM. They're called the X-Force Red. They have a hacking CTO, which every company should have. His name is Steve Osepik, and he talks about how this little device runs, and he said it checks in and turns on every two hours. It checks in with us, sending its coordinates by text to our phones to tell us where it is. The messages also include what Wi-Fi networks it sees and other data. If a cell network can't be reached, the device stores the data for the next check-in and then shuts back down. You can get this into places where no amount of physical access could get you, he says. The hardware is inexpensive, but X-Force Red has invested multiple hours in modifying the software that's being used in this low power environment we're using our own custom linux distribution that we made we modified tiny Core linux and stuff like that osepik acknowledged so there's a lot going on here to make it work in this way low power but it is doable so the software seems to be the hard thing at this point at least to Totally minimize battery usage, because you're shipping this thing, it may take a couple days to get to where it has to go, and you want the battery still to be active when it gets to where you need to hack into the system that you're trying to get. But the fact that you can do this with hardware that costs under a100 dollars is pretty amazing. The fact that these things can be put into stuffed animals or other devices that are shipped to somebody even they said you know you could put it into another router you can put this into a power strip so i mean think about that your office gets a package oh there's a few power strips of course we could use those i don't know who ordered those was it jim Uh, who knows but how many people are just not going to go plug them in and use them and with the power strip of course genius because constant power means constant good hacking fun The article also mentions that these check-ins every two hours didn't just give them the information, of course, when the package gets to where it's going. It also yielded what they called some, quote, weird unintended consequences, saying they also turned up into basically a ward driving machine, which gave a mobile survey of any Wi-Fi access points that might have been along the path of the shipment that the package took. While it was en route, these warshipping rigs picked up things like all the networks that were on the trucks, anything with in-flight Wi-Fi, even in certain cases. Every time it turns on, Osepic said, you get all of the access points that are around it wherever it's at. You're getting all kinds of data on various networks until it gets to its end site. so if you wanted to war drive in an area that you're not, you don't have to live that in that area, he says. You could just send this through a carrier network and basically have it do the war driving for you. So go ahead. You want to war drive overseas? Don't need a passport. Just put this thing in a box and send it off and have a little bit of fun. It also mentions that you can tell a shipping company when you want a package to get somewhere. So it said, for instance, if you really wanted to war drive downtown London on a specific day, you could ship a package. To somebody in downtown london the ability to misuse this technology is pretty good and it's pretty hard to detect so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of an effect this technology has if companies start getting a little bit more sensitive about packages coming into their office or into their homes and taking a different look besides just oh it's a box from somebody this looks like a stuffed animal this looks like a power supply this looks like a phone charger whatever it is there might be a little bit more to the payload on the bright side like all things hacking it can be used for good as well as evil they were penetration testing a company a financial services corporation they sent the box in and the corporation asked them okay so what do you see your box is in our in our location now what kind of information do you have? And they told the company, well, we see three access points and the company went, wait a minute, <laughs> we're only supposed to have two. So they looked into what that was. They had to attack that one. Uh, Osepek recounted that access point wasn't supposed to be there. There was also a hidden SSID as well. And the company was like, oh, what's going on here? See what you can find out. So it's an interesting thing. When somebody's trying to hack into your network, and they found that maybe somebody's already been there doing it, or an employee set up a access point that wasn't supposed to be there—all things that can be very detrimental if you really care about your network security—I really do love this kind of hacking kind of stuff because we finally just, I think, are getting companies to figure out that if you find a USB key laying on the street in the parking lot in front of your company, that you probably shouldn't bring it inside and just plug it in because there could be a bad payload now we have to worry about shipping boxes like i said the probably biggest problem is that a lot of employees get packages shipped to them at work whether it's a normal employee just at the lower level or even your ceo or cfo Obviously, the higher you go up the line, maybe the more access you can get into a network if there's something more private in an office or whatnot. But a lot of people get their packages shipped, especially around the holiday times, to their office because they don't want them to get stolen off their front porch. And a lot of companies allow this and think nothing of it because it looks like it came from Amazon. What could possibly be wrong? Well, now you know that there could be a payload inside those boxes. That even if you open the box and look at it, you wouldn't see because that would be what an average company would now do if they thought that this was a possibility. But if it was only in something, you know, like a stuffed animal or something like that, the companies would figure this is easy. I can open up the box and see what's in there and then just bring that box. You know, if there's nothing that you see in there that's nefarious, you can bring that box into the CEO's office. No problem. They must have ordered this. The fact that this gear, this mini computer, mini little cellular modem and little battery could all be hidden in between two pieces of cardboard that just look like a part of the packaging is what makes this genius and also makes this very dangerous. And it's hard to have companies really change the way they're doing things so much to where you don't let these boxes into areas that have access to your company wi-fi so if you need to hack a wi-fi network that's halfway across the country or halfway across the globe this may be something you want to look into or you may just want to watch out for this coming into your company or into your home if you might have somebody targeting you i dig the technology it can always be used for good it can always be used for evil But I dig all of this hacking stuff, and I hope you do too. And if you like that kind of thing, hacking, high-tech computers, those kind of things, definitely check out the other podcasts that I've been doing with my buddy Ryan Bemrose. It's called Grumpy Old Benz, and you can find that at grumpyoldbenz.com. We cover a whole lot of different stuff from the Grumpy Old Benz, which is a tech guy point of view, and we just happen to be old and grumpy. And if you want some other information and just some great stories about the whole hacking thing, hacking community, check out a couple of books by Kevin Mitnick, infamous hacker. One is called The Art of Deception, and that is a great book which talks about the fact that you don't even have to be good at computers to get into a lot of networks because people want to be helpful. And by wanting to be helpful, all you have to do is pretend you're somebody else Pretend you have the right to ask them certain questions, like what their password and login may be for their account. And if you tell them you're from tech and you're just trying to help them out, a lot of times they want to be helpful. Also check out one of his books called Ghost in the Wires for some good stories, as well as the art of invisibility. No, he didn't pay me. This isn't an ad. I just dig the stuff that he's done. And there's a ton of other great hacking stuff out there. Just go do a couple web searches with DuckDuckGo, and you'll be well on your way to learning how to be, well, either a white hat hacker, we're hoping. But, you know, if you want to do things for evil too, that's up to you. I hope you like what you've been hearing on the Random Thoughts podcast. If you do, do me a favor go to randomthoughts.com, R A N D U M B, thoughts.com, and subscribe. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that on Android. You could do that via the email. So every time a new episode drops, you'll get an email to let you know one is there to listen to and you'll never miss another minute of the random thoughts podcast and all these places. If you can rate, if you can review all of that stuff, even better. And we do work on the value for value model. So if you feel like you got anything out of the show and you want to make a little donation, you can go to the website and look for that little donation button. It's simple, it's easy, and it is always greatly appreciated. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at random thoughts podcast, R A N D U M B thoughts podcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at random podcast, that's R A N D U M B podcast, or you can follow me personally on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D A R R E N O N E I L L. So keep an eye out for those suspicious packages. And until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.